crossroads and the future is completely within our control. We're living through the single biggest culture shift of our time. This is the time for us to just really take charge. That's what revolutions do. They enable the impossible. Writing is easy to overlook. We take it for granted. But the words on your website, the words on your Twitter account or your blog, they say so much about your company. And Karen Wickery is one of the best when it comes to words. She's made words magic for Google, for Twitter, and now she's helping a host of other tech companies. Let's dive into our conversation to learn just how she does it. I'm Kit Bodner, and this is The Grow Show. So my first question to you is, you worked on the journalist side of things for a while. Mm -hmm. You worked on the corporate side of things for a while. What does a journalist actually want from a company? Well, they want straightforward information. They want access. They they want what they want when they want it. That's what <laughs> sure. they they want access to people who are actually doing the work and can answer their questions. In in tech, this is especially true, right? You want to talk to the product manager or the engineer or somebody who can explain, you know, in in some depth what what's going on and what why the thing works or doesn't work or what the problem is or something like that i've worked closely with pr people for a long time i was once a pr person <laughs> along the way and i have such respect for people who build good relationships with reporters even if they can't deliver every single time sure. they they work with them in constructive ways and, and how do they do that how do they like is it because they're not just selfish and, and they are really yeah. just out there trying to help that reporter? Like, what are, what are, what are they right. doing? That's right. I mean, they're astute at collecting and understanding what's going on in their company, but they also, I mean, good people really also have an understanding of the competitive landscape. Sure. And just the general ability to talk shop is interesting. And reporters I know and I'm friendly with appreciate people who they can talk shop with and sort of speculate and understand the kind of bright line between that and you know what's what's company news and information, because it it's all it's all fascinating and fast moving, and you want people you can turn to, and you have to of course on the PR side this is always true, understand what are the reporters and the outlets doing, what are they writing, what are they interested in, what their style is, with some sophistication, not yeah. just sort of like we want a headline. And this is a disconnect I see sometimes in young companies where the founders basically say they're whatever their equivalent is of, I want a big hit story. It used to be, I want to be on page one of the journal or the Times yeah. or something. Now, it might be that, but it might also be a big viral BuzzFeed hit or something. Sure. But you don't get that in a vacuum, <laughs> right? You don't get that without putting in the work and building the relationship. So, and you may never get it, by the way. <laughs> yes, I think that's very thing, important. If your thing is like a middleware enterprise thing, <laughs> you're you're not going to be on that front page. You might be in a roundup. <laughs> so I think what you're telling me is that PR is similar to like starting a company in that it takes really good relationships. Correct. It takes time. You can't expect to hire somebody, whether it be internal or an agency or yeah. consultant, expect them to get you that is correct. That top hit result in 30 days or 60 days. 
it's a longer kind of play, and a lot of it is seeding those journalists with other stories, tangential stories that maybe you aren't even a part part of to build that trust and credibility. That's right. Okay. That's right. That's that's the PR side of this. <laughs> then there's the then there's the writing side of it, uh-huh. and there's the writing side. It strikes me as somebody whose you know job is to do marketing. That writing, you know, is one of those things that touches every part of the brand. It touches the site, it touches the social channels, it touches the product, it touches, it touches everything. Mm-hmm. Talk about how do you help an organization do great writing and do great copy? Inside of just having one person, how do you enable a group of people to, to do that well? Well, first of all, I hope there's a number of writers around the company, sure. whether they're technical writers or product copy who are embedded with the product team for example and they're doing the the copy that is literally within the product right the call to action the button copy that kind of thing ideally there's a kinship between these different groups and different kinds of people marketing campaign people they're doing different things they they have hopefully different skills that they can apply but that you have a common set of resources and agreement about I mean, it could be, this is how we spell email. You know what I mean? Right. You, you want a word list that everybody can use. Sure. Uh, you want to have a canonical, you know, here's our mission. Here's, here's, here is sort of the, um, the tone of the words we use. They're aspirational or they're clear and direct or they're some, you know, whatever yeah, it is. And it doesn't seem like you, you have a library of that. Pay some agency hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that. It seems like you just... You need somebody who's in charge of thinking about it and being yeah. very thoughtful and deliberate and doing the research with your target buyers and everything to make sure that the words you're using are the right ones. Yeah, exactly. I mean, an agency can certainly help, sure, but they can't absolutely. own it, right? Yeah. They can't own it. It has to live somehow within the company and be touch points where these different teams can draw on and say, oh, you know what? Now we don't say, I don't know, career anymore. Now we say yeah. work. And that's what we want to say everywhere is work or something like that. I mean, yeah. or, or a more technical phrase, but you want agreement and people to have a central source that they can contribute to. It's all living documents, but that's, that's one way that you do it. So there are people listening to our conversation right now and they, they share your skills and your skills are that of storytelling, of great writing. Uh, and they're working with people who... A great mathematician, great engineers, <laughs> uh, whose skills may be very different yet complementary to, to those skills. And they're probably wondering, like, how do I get them to understand that this writing, the storytelling that I'm doing is important for this company? Like, how do I, how do I get in alignment with these people? Yeah. You're somebody who's figured that out. It's, Can you tell us how to do that? It's tough. I got to say, I mean, a, a lot of it is personality driven and trust. I mean, to have the relationships with the people. I think at Google, I had the advantage of being there early, but I also think I was always bent on being basically a service organization, right? Mm-hmm. We want to help you. It's not worth losing a lot of sleep or expending a lot of energy over the way a paragraph goes or a specific style. You win some and you lose some, basically. And over time, the more people in the technical and the PM organizations and whatnot who could say, Karen's helpful. It sounds much better. So I, it was kind of high touch mm-hmm. consulting. Basically, if I needed to, I would sit down and explain, here's my thinking about this. But I would always say, look, there's a million ways to say this. It's not like my way or the highway. That would never work. So let me get at what it is you're 
wanting to do or incorporate here. Sometimes there are some people who are like, that's not the way I would say it. That's not my language. Let's see what your language is. I, I can probably live with it more or less. And so you just try and get through because by the way, there's a sort of an assembly line yeah. of content coming. You can't hold up you know, on principle and some principle of language. Diverging a little bit from that, yeah. as, as somebody who is an editor and a storyteller, I look at the web today and I look at business websites today. I'm like, man, there's a bunch of bad copy out there. Yep. There's a bunch of <laughs> just jargon. There's a bunch of stuff that doesn't mean much. Like even, you know, we're sitting here in San Francisco having this chat. Even if you look at the billboards as you're driving in from the totally airport agree. on the 101, I'm like, I don't know what any of these companies actually do. What is your advice? How can you help? How can we get through to some of these folks to actually really communicate what they're about in a way that mere mortals can understand? It's real. It's it's a superhuman uh, challenge. <laughs> it's more than any one of us can solve. But I do think some of it does come from the top. If you have someone who really cares about language, voice, style, you know, it, yeah. it, it spills over obviously into marketing a lot. If they care and they're discerning and smart, that's probably going to then affect the kind of people who are hired and what the standards yeah. are and that kind of thing. Other times, if they're not as tuned into the nuance or, yeah. you know, language kind of isn't the, the thing they speak in or some, someone in favor is kind of all about heavy selling or something, yeah. that's going to be a tougher... A tougher thing but I will say I mean I talked to a lot of up-and-coming companies and they the ones I talked to maybe this is on purpose that I, that's why I'm talking to them but they generally see the value of some consistency and kind of a nice tone everybody these days in, the, in this social era wants companies want to be conversational right yeah. my, my simple test for everyone is read the copy out loud if it if you feel like you sound ridiculous you do <laughs> you do and it needs fixing right it needs to be limbered up or shorter or yeah. something like that some companies care a lot more than others more more should can, yeah can you get them to care more or is that just innate to the people running those companies because there are some people out yeah. there who are probably pounding their head on the walls right now i mean maybe the way to do it this could be for employees already inside a company maybe an audit mm -hmm. of here's confusion of messages or positioning or even the calls to action or are missing or something if maybe some kind of audit might help prove the case right yep so to kind of close up here you've been fortunate to work with a ton of great folks over the years imagine you have gotten some really interesting pieces of advice that we all could learn from could you could you give us you know maybe the piece of advice that you kind of think back on the most? It's less about advice or a conversation and more about what I experienced. And again, it's the world of tech is my kind of ecosystem, but I saw how much people like have to tear everything up and start again, right? Or pivot as the word is today. Sure. And you just learn, you, you can, you can be excited about this thing and you're pouring your heart into it. And then tomorrow it's like, you know what? We're going over here. And there's a weird way that you, if, if you're 
into it and you kind of enjoy the whole flow, you just go with it as opposed to, uh, you know, man, I had my heart set on that thing and that was going to make my career and I can't deal with change, right? That, that doesn't work as you can imagine. If we want to go back early, one of my first lessons of that is I had this wonderful stand at IDG with David Bunnell. He had a founder's contract. And when that ended, he was gone. So then I had no sort of executive patron. I basically had to lay myself off <laughs> because, uh, and, and, and dismantle what I'd put together over four years because nobody then cared about it anymore. And it was like, I, I mean, I, I learned quickly, like, no, they don't care. I can't make them care. We've all moved on. The, the magazines are going their own separate ways, their separate leadership. It's not under one tent anymore. I, I'm gonna, I gotta go. I gotta take this apart and that's that. Perfect, that's awesome advice. Karen, thanks so much for taking a few minutes and sharing with us what you've been up to. Oh, Kip has been fun, awesome. thank you. Thanks Karen, bye. Thanks for listening to our show. As always, we would love to hear your feedback. Tell us what you think by leaving a review on iTunes. 